Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. Find us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod and like us on Facebook as well. We really noticed that um, we've gained a lot of listenership over the last week to 10 days. So thank you to everybody that has found the show on the various uh, podcasting platforms and decided to give us a little bit of your time and listen to us yammer on about herd athletics. We really enjoyed doing the show. And uh, we're really glad that folks are responding in a positive way. So please continue to share the content with the rest of your herd friends. Give them those links. Um, point them to that pinned tweet on our Twitter profile that's got all of the um, podcast directories where you can download and listen to the show. Subscribe. Give us a rating and review. I mean, all that good stuff. So before we get into this episode, uh, we got to give you our word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com who continue to support the Thundercast and help us bring you this great content. So here's a word from 304carwreck.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. What happens when an Ohio driver crashes into a West Virginia driver in Kentucky? That can be a mess. But if you can dream it up, Jason and Matt have probably been there, done that, and gotten their clients paid don't fight the insurance companies alone. Contact Jason and Matt at 304carwreck.com. Russ is another, again, busy, busy week in herd athletics. But before we dig into things like the NFL draft weekend and the killer softball series this weekend, give us five things that every herd fan needs to know this week. All right. Heading right into our five things. Number one, Luke Edwards has reached base 51 games in a row for Marshall Baseball. How awesome is that? <laughs> that is crazy good, man. I mean, you know, obviously, it, it, you know, there's been some games where he didn't get a hit, but he's still reaching base, you know. Um, 51 in a row, I don't care what level you're on, because you're playing the competition is on the same level that you're yeah. at. 51 games is impressive. Yeah, I mean, people will get hung up on things like a hit streak, but sure. um, anybody at any level will tell you, get on base. If you get on base, yeah. you've got an opportunity to score. And scoring runs well, is how the, you win games, right? So the, the the analytics with baseball, there's been a major shift over the past, I'd say five years has been better, but 10 years uh, more um, on base percentage yeah. is looked at. Even even on the scoreboards of uh, the Reds, you know, they put on base percentage or OPS above batting average and things like that. If you get on base because you got hit by a pitch or you get on base because you drew a walk, it's the same as a single. If you're talking one base for one base, yeah. it's an opportunity for someone to drive you in. You can still score. You can still get over on a pass ball, all that stuff. So 51 games in a row, he has put Marshall baseball in a position to, with a duck on the pond, get yeah, him in. Absolutely. I mean, 51 straight games, you've given 
you know, at least the opportunity to cross the plate 51 times. And surely he's reached base multiple times and multiple, multiple games. times in several games. So yeah. it, this is no small feat. I mean, Jiminy, Chris, I don't like you said, even if it's T-ball, I, yeah. getting on base 51 straight games is pretty amazing. Of course, Luke Edwards is a junior from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He's listed on the roster as an infielder outfielder. So he must be one of those utility, utility type players. players. Yeah. That is versatile, obviously versatile. very versatile, and it is obviously really damn good at getting on base. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's awesome, uh, Luke. Great job, fifty-one straight games uh, on base streak for the herd. You're doing your part, my man. Keep up the good work. Yep. Number two, Kaylee Payne is freshman diver of the year for Conference USA. Uh, Going to be the last one in the Conference USA, that's for sure. <laughs> so congratulations, <laughs> yeah. uh, Miss Payne. Uh, freshman, well, you of course, know, you said, wait a minute, freshman, you said, of course, uh, from Ithaca, New York, I'm, I'm going to start doing this uh, class status and where they're from, from type thing to, you know, let, let the folks in the herd, herd land know where these athletes are hailing from and how much longer they may or may not be with the herd. So, uh, yeah, freshman diver of the year, pretty cool. I'm not going to sit up here and, and pretend like I know uh, a whole lot about diving. I watch it when the Olympics are around. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, I don't have the courage nor the ability to do those type of things on a diving you didn't board. Hit, you didn't hit the triple Lindy. I did not hit not- the triple Lindy. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rodney Dangerfield. Oh I yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, we look so much uh, so so yeah. similar. But yeah. Well, neither of you get any respect. So. <laughs> that is true. So good job. You know, um, what I was going to say, you mentioned that this might be the uh, or is the last, but, you know, it's kind of a little bit up in the air because uh, Sunbelt doesn't have swimming and diving, true. I think. So we we don't know for sure that they're not staying in Conference USA, but just just a guess, I would imagine that Conference USA would not want us to have any teams in because of the bad blood. So I don't really know where we're going to be heading. Uh, there are options out there. You know, we're definitely going to be fielding a team. Uh, but I guess we can't really say. It, it would be surprising if Conference USA yeah, picked I us mean, up or I, kept us. Again, I don't know how many of the other current Conference USA teams sponsor swimming and diving, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nine teams are leaving the conference so in the coming years so it's going to be really hard it's not like i know conference usa is pretty like hard up for you know teams in their yeah in their sports (laughs) but it's it would be hard for me to fathom them wanting even if it was you know five or six teams that are leaving to either go to the american or some about to stick around in the conference usa so uh, I, f- I feel pretty confident that this will be the final Conference USA Freshman Diver of the Year, I, but nonetheless, I do too. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but beyond all that, we don't want to take away from the extreme accomplishment that, that Kaylee had there. Um, freshman of the Year in any sport, uh, hang your hat on that. That's a great job. Yeah, that is a super cool job. All right, number three. We have finalists for the Vice President of Intercultural and Student Affairs. And on a personal note, one of those finalists are someone that you and I are extremely familiar with, Marcy Sims. Yeah, uh, Dr. Marcy Sims, sir. Dr. Marcy Sims, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Marcy and uh, you and I and her husband, Jason, go way, way back, um, decades, in fact. We, you know, 25 we, years. We were year. all uh, done undergrads together. Uh, Marcy has just been a phenomenal um, professional in the world of um, collegiate academics. 
And mm-hmm. uh, it's really, it was really cool to see that graphic. Had no idea she was even a, even had even applied for this job. I didn't even know this job was open. I, you know, put it that way. And I saw the graphic of the five finalists and there she was. And I thought, holy hell, I really hope Marcy gets this because, you know, she's a herd gal. She got her undergrad here. Um, and she worked for Marshall for a long she time here. She cut her teeth right here yeah. at Marshall in yep. this position. She sure or did below in this position. And, it, and a little, um, quirk is she is the only one with Marshall ties that was one of the finalists. So, uh, we're really hoping that she gets it just because it's a Marshall person. You know, I don't, I don't know personally, the other four finalists, they may be world-class candidates. I'm sure they are, but you got a chance to bring in a, uh, a local, you know, someone that is already familiar and, uh, a little birdie told me that she actually has the most experience as like a, the actual head of this instead of being an assistant. So I'm really, I got my fingers crossed, you know? Really yeah. Hoping. Marcy's been at Shawnee state for a long time. Um, you know, she worked at Eastern Kentucky for a while. And of course, before that she was at Marshall. So, you know, she's spent her entire career in, in uh, university level academia. So it's not like she's just been doing something else and then is coming back, you know, with a big gap in, in collegiate level academic employment. But no, no, no. This has been her life, like literally her life um, in, from a professional standpoint. And uh, you can find Marcy at, at her games. I mean, she's oh, yeah, they're still there. They tailgate for football games. They come. I mean, yeah. they're, they're fans. They never left. They just work other places, you know. So yeah. it'd be really, really awesome to get her back on campus. Um highly qualified excellent candidate would do great things in that position for her alma mater definitely definitely uh, number four man i i saw this i just could not believe it abby herring smashes her own record in the 1500 meters again uh we just talked about this a few episodes ago where we talked about how she took a full two seconds off and how that was crazy she took three seconds off of that. Yeah. So within a matter of three weeks, I think it's less been, than a month. Yeah. Less than a month. She shaved five full seconds off. Uh, just Abby is someone that would only run if a bear was after them. And obviously, you know, I might even give up at that point, not even run. That's how much I hate running. I am super proud of, of being able to say that someone took five full seconds off, you know, a martial athlete took five seconds off of their uh, distance run of 1500 meters. That's just insane to me. Yeah, it is. And their current time now is four minutes, 23.31 seconds. Of course you said it, the new, new uh, all-time martial record for the 1500 meters, breaking her own record. And of course, Abby is a junior from Parkersburg. So in-state gal doing big things here for the herd. You love to see it. Um, you know, Conference USA Championships will be coming up fairly soon. I don't think we'll get into this around the herd, but I think the the Music City Challenge was the last meet and that the uh, before the, conference, yeah, USA, that the gals yeah. are going to have before the Conference USA Championships. And we mentioned this a couple of episodes ago that you know they were the team as a as a whole. Several members of that team were posting personal bests and breaking mm-hmm. school records and setting new marks and all that. And they're kind of peaking at the right time. So let's hope we, you know, we can, we can settle in for a couple more weeks and, and really do some damage at the conference 
Conference USA Championships. That sure would be awesome. But congratulations to Abby. Keep keep on doing those uh, Abby Herring type things and smashing records left and right. You love to see it. Yeah. Number five, I thought this was real cool too. Um, partially too, you know, you and I just had some interaction with this person. Uh, but Scott Hall calls his 1,000th herd softball game. It was on Saturday. 1,000th herd softball game. Yeah, what a cool milestone. That seems like a metric shit ton of games. I it mean, is. a thousand games. Well, let's say 50 a year. Yeah. It's still 20 years. <laughs> He's not that old. That. He's not that old. He can't well, be. He started, he started in 2003 yeah. was the first time that he did it. So we're looking at this would be his 20th season yeah. at it. Uh, so it just, just, you know, talk about a pillar of the program. You know, the Mr. Consistent that has been there over – you know, coaching changes and this and that, you know, we've got that consistency of, of Scott Hall. Yeah. He, and he, you know, he's a, he, he's, you might wonder like, well, does he just call softball games? And no, 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 no. He's that he actually works in the SID's office. He's, he's an associate director in the SID's office. So he's got a full plate. He just also happens to call softball a thousand times over the last, you know, since 2003 so yes a very yeah, we're, very we're not, cool we're not talking about uh, for a thousand games you can't just call all the home games you yeah know, he's on the road calling these games yeah and stuff like that so. yeah that's a super cool milestone i saw that uh, on twitter that they gave him uh some little some gifts to commemorate the occasion which is yeah. is always cool to get a little bit of appreciation for the hard work that you put in so uh scott it does not go unnoticed and uh you know keep on doing what you're doing. Keep calling those games as long as they'll let you. I know you enjoy it. Um, and I mean, what a fun team to continually be able to call games for. So no it's not, doubt, it's not well, like a bunch of one zero paint drying games. This is uh, a, yeah. this is high energy softball. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about it obviously later in the show, but uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a great gig calling for these players and, and these coaches because man, it's fun. All right, KD, I know we say five things, but I've got a bonus this week. So we're going to have a, a 5B or a 6, however you want to go. But do you remember Levi Haynes that, you know, we interviewed the eight-year-old that was on the show? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I've got a, I've got a really cool story. Um, after, you know, he had left the tailgate and we had interviewed him to, to put on the show, um, this was his first green and white game. Well, Levi went over and this kid is like very outgoing. Um, just whomever he was telling us, you know, he wanted to meet Charles Huff. So they walk into the indoor practice facility right before the game starts. And one of the first people that went walking right by Levi and his brother and his dad was president Smith. And you know, he stopped and said hi and all that. And Levi just said, I want to meet Charles Huff. And, uh, you know, Brad Smith asked him, you know, hey, what's your name and all that. And he said, Levi. And he said, Levi, right now, you know, because this is right before the game started. Right. He's like, right now, I, you know, uh, everybody's, you know, where they need to be and, and stuff like that. But I can't. But if you will be right here after the game, I'll come back over and I'll grab you. And you know how things like that go even the best intentions you know things can 
change over two hours time or three hours time and stuff like that. President Smith went back to that exact spot after the game, remembered Levi by name and went up and said, Levi, I'm going to take you to meet coach Huff and athletic director Christian Spears was in the area and President Smith went over and said, hey, Christian, you know, we need to take him over to meet uh, Coach Huff. They took him out to midfield of the practice facility immediately after the game, and they introduced him to Charles Huff, and they talked for a little bit, and Brad Smith was working the camera, taking the photos and everything for Will and his family. You know, Will's the dad. I heard that, man, and I'm just sitting here thinking, how cool and how interactive that we have all three of these people uh the the most tenured of these people have been here at marshall just over a year Mm -hmm. you know one and a quarter years something like that and for them to go out of their way on a busy busy thing just to make an eight-year-old's day on that uh we have three very good people in those key positions yeah, I mean, that that's a super busy day. I mean, the spring football season is culminating. There are literally hundreds of people in that room. It's very busy. The media wants to talk to Charles Huff. You know, there's a lot going on. And for President Smith and the athletic director, Christian Spears, to make an effort to do that, what seems like a small gesture, but that that makes herd fans. That kid will be a oh, herd yeah. fan. He'll remember that forever, forever, ever. And anyone he tells, and his dad tells, and all these different people. Yeah, I think that's the difference. Yeah, that is that's a super cool story. I mean, it was cool enough that uh, you know he wanted to be interviewed for the podcast <laughs> yeah, last year. That was yeah. cool enough. I mean, that was pretty yeah. cool. But this follow up story that happened after all of that, that you know, you I don't know if you saw it or just were told about it or whatever, but what a cool story i mean super cool story um i guess we got to talk about the the big the big news of the weekend right now right which is the nfl draft and um you know i watched in passing for the most of the first round and you know keeping tabs on my own team and what they did and all that kind of good stuff and let me just say that it ended better for me personally than it did um then it started. <laughs> I mean, not, not that they didn't make good picks in the beginning, but at the end when the draft was over was when it got really cool for me. So of course, yeah. let's talk about the guys that are going to get an opportunity. Of course, we got one, uh, Nazi Johnson drafted in the seventh round pick two fifty nine by the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I'm not surprised that that happened at all. Um, uh, you know, he was, um, a high performer for Marshall for a number of years as a kid that you absolutely love the story, walk on, earned the scholarship, uh, scholarship, earned a starting role, earned all conference honors. I mean, how do you not want a guy like that playing football for you? Um, and oh, by the way, he lands in Kansas City where Brendan Knox is on the roster as well. So he's going to have yeah. a little bit of familiarity. Um, I looked on the roster. He wasn't listed currently, but maybe it'll be one of those practice squad type things. Uh, but Amari Cobb was on the Kansas City roster for has been for a number of years. Um, so whether or not he continues to be in Kansas City, I don't know. You know, I don't obviously make those decisions, but listed on the active roster, of course, is Brendan Knox. So Nazi Johnson picked 259 overall. 
I mean, thoughts on that uh, before we go any further? Well, I think uh, one, he it was an in-game performer, like you mentioned. Uh, two, NFL is a different breed. They uh, they look heavily into the measurables, you yep. know, on these pro days and everything. He blew his out of the water, you know. Uh, uh, so I think he's got exactly what the NFL is looking for. You know, he's got the in-game ability plus the measurables and stuff like that. I feel like that they feel great about getting Nazi Johnson there. And I'm glad to see him. You know, I kind of hoped that he would go and not just be an undrafted free agent. So I think it's a huge get to be the drafted. You know, they wanted him there that bad. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with uh, be, being an undrafted free agent, especially now that they made changes. But mm-hmm. before we get before I make that point, I want to go back and and uh, talk about the you know you you said they're very much into the measurables, and uh, mm-hmm. you know earlier in in the um, uh, earlier episodes we talked about how we have become larger in the secondary as a whole on this roster. And Nazi's one of those guys. He's six foot two, listed at one eighty nine on last year's roster. Yeah, um, he definitely looks bigger. Yeah, and he probably is now. Yeah, but the measurables are there. And you talked about the pro day. I mean, you know, the uh, the vertical jump is what everybody's going to remember. Oh yeah. You know, it was like uh, a rocket launching, a liftoff, whatever you want to say. Um, so he's he's definitely earned it. And like I said, that the story is great. He's. When you start digging in and all things being equal as far as uh, performance and, you know, these – because you're talking about thousands of prospects in the NFL draft. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, yeah. If, you know, all things being equal, and then you start looking at the story, like I said, walk-on, then earns a starting role, all-conference player, earns a scholarship. You're thinking, okay, this kid's just a hard worker and a winner. I mean, he just – Does not give up. Does not quit. So, he's yeah. earned it, um, and I'm really, really happy for him. I hope he gets an opportunity to stick – and um, you know, make that active roster. I think he's, you know, he's got all the tools, obviously, to to be a good player for uh, for the Chiefs, who is a you know perennial Super Bowl caliber team here for the number last number of years. So you like to see our guys going places where they can win immediately. So good for him. Uh, the point I was going to make about being an undrafted free agent not being nearly as bad of a thing now as it was even two or three years ago is, you know, they kind of changed the rules a little bit with these uh, free agent offers. You know, it used to be like you, they would, a team would make you an offer. And if you didn't take it immediately, then it was basically gone. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, last year, I think was when they moved to giving these guys a little bit of an opportunity to take a breath and digest what might be the best situation for me to take that camp invite, uh, the best place, the best roster where I might actually get a legitimate shot to make the team. So now it's even um, even – I won't say it's better because everybody wants to hear their name called for on draft day and everybody wants to be drafted. But, you know, now being undrafted free agent, you have the opportunity if you get multiple offers to choose, you know, which place you may – have the best opportunity to make a roster. And, and, and the herd had a trio of guys that, you know, got that phone call and got that rookie camp invite thing coming up this weekend. And we'll see if anybody makes it through, but uh, you know, Alex Millette gets the call from Indianapolis, uh, a, a guy we've talked about a, a quite a bit, even though he won't be suiting up for the herd anymore is, is the guy that hasn't allowed a quarterback sack in a couple of years. You don't think that a pro football team looks at that and goes, 
all right, this yeah. guy obviously can keep people off of his quarterback. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, Will Ulmer gets the call from the Green Bay Packers, which is an I, I'm I'm a Packers fan if nobody knows, <laughs> and I have been clamming for anybody to get an opportunity with the Packers. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had uh, I can't the the name escapes me right now. Yeah, I had it on the tip of my tongue. I lost. We had a wide receiver that got an opportunity up there in uh, Green Bay. Michael Clark, remember him? He was like six foot seven. Oh he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He he actually played. Uh, made the roster a couple of years ago. Oh, it was uh, maybe it was McManus that got the uh, rookie camp invite for Green Bay as well. Um, but Will going up there, I mean, you, you got I love that. I mean, I love that the guy that's played the most games in Marshall football history and going to go up there and and get an opportunity with the Green Bay Packers. I love that. I could, can't think of anything cooler uh, on a personal level than seeing Will Omer blocking for Aaron Rodgers. That would be super cool. And uh, lastly, Corey McCoy uh, gets the uh, invite from the Baltimore Ravens to see if he can go up there and make a little bit of noise and stick on the roster. And I just want to take one second, Russ, and go back to when we did our top uh, position groups of, you know, concern for you and I. I mean, look at this list. Here's four guys. It's safety, offensive line, offensive line, safety. And that was mm-hmm. two of my position groups of concern was the yeah. offensive line and safety. So um, I think this – kind of is in the wheelhouse of what I'm talking about, but sure. Um, Millette, Ulmer, McCoy, I know that you, you're pulling for the herd guys to get a shot. Uh, would have been cool if, if maybe one of them would have gotten the call from the dolphins. Russ is a dolphins fan, by the way, but um, still cool. Nonetheless, um, last note, this is uh, <clears throat> not breaking news, but this is news that came across my timeline earlier. Former quarterback for the herd, Chase Litton, signed by the CFL's Winnipeg Blue Bombers earlier today, which is Sunday as we're recording right now. So um, congratulations go out to Chase Litton. Hope he gets an opportunity to play in the CFL. You know, Rakeem Cato was up there several years back in Montreal and was doing some really good things. And, you know, the CFL is its own animal. They play a unique style of football. If you ever get into it and watch it, it's it's pretty cool. They only use it, they only uh, play three downs up there. So if you don't make yardage quick, you're punting. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Chase is going to you know, get a go of it with Winnipeg. What do you think about no, all this, Russ? Well, just no matter where, you know, it doesn't have to be the NFL, doesn't have to be the NBA. But anytime that our martial athletes, sons of Marshall, get to play professionally, um, that's a huge win for me. They get to do what they love. They get to make some money with it. Um, and you know, who's to, it's not going to be the first time if it were to happen, if he goes up there and makes a huge impact, you know, he could get a look at the NFL again. Yeah. So yeah, huge news. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, anytime a son of Marshall, like I said, they get to make some money doing what they love. That's great. Yeah, it all and honestly, um, I just remember this as you're talking. Chase Litton was actually in Kansas City for a couple was, of years, yeah. so um, two or I don't three know what years, it is. I think. Yeah, he was there for a while. Um, you know, there there have been several Marshall players. You know, I threw out the name Rakeem Cater. There have been several Marshall players that have made careers in the CFL that have been up there for a number of years. Um, guys like Alex Bazzi are, have been impact players for a number of years and a number of teams up there in the CFL. John Grace played up there for a long time. Um, Corey Tindall has played up there for a long time. So, you know, Marshall has a fairly good history of putting players into the CFL that have made careers out of it. Maybe Chase will be the next, 
you know, herd quarterback to uh, make some noise up there north of the border. But good for him. Good for all these guys. Congratulations to all of them. And the, the last thing I'm going to say about this is if you've got NFL dreams, this proves yet again that you can get there from here, right? You can get there from Huntington, West Virginia. There, there's yeah. a line from the NFL to Huntington to the CFL to Huntington. And now with these new leagues, the USFL, um, I don't know. Is the XFL going to start back up again? Are they going to do yeah, a thing again? I, I don't know if it's 2023 that it's going to hit um, or if it's 2022. Like, I don't think they'd play in the fall. I think they were doing spring. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, last thing I saw the rock mentioned that they were going to not he and I are friends. I saw it on Twitter, <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he had a big announcement for it and everything. So, you know, it's, it's supposedly still a go. So that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I mentioned the USFL. We didn't even talk about it a couple of weeks ago. Jalen McLean Sapp, a former defensive back with the herd just yeah. last year is up there. And, and he had uh, several big impact plays, including I think a pick six or maybe it was a fumble return that he picked up and took the other way. I know he had an interception. I just yeah. don't know if it was the same play. I can't mm -hmm. recall. He but, took uh, one to the house. Yeah, but I can't remember if it was a fumble that he picked up yeah. into, or if it was the interception. But anyway, he had a monster game. And uh, I think it was he ended up having the first uh, touchdown in, in – I can't – I'm terrible. I can't believe I don't remember what team he plays for. But it was the first touchdown in that team's history. Was It wasn't it the Argonauts? No, no, no. That's a, that's, that's a CFL team, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you said USFL. Yeah, USFL. All right, yeah. Yeah, but anyway – the point is you can get there from here. So, um, you know, you can play ball for the herd and then go on and continue playing ball at a professional level. It does happen. Uh, Russ, let's take it around the herd. Where are we starting? Uh, let's start at men's golf conference, USA, uh, tournament, uh, Tyler Jones. Uh, he was up in the, in the lead or right off the lead for most of the time he finished fifth tied for fifth overall. And, uh, that allowed him to, uh, earn a slot on the uh all tournament team and yeah, I, think, uh, I, I think he was up as high as second going either going into the third day going or even the, through the third day a little bit i think it was through the third day going into the fourth he was uh maybe tied for a second but he yeah. was definitely right right up there um heard overall finished 13th but tyler great job great showing um do you have his he's a junior I yeah think. he's a junior from westerville ohio yeah, congratulations. Great job. Tied for fifth. Um, you know, you were right there. And he, well, I say you like I'm talking to him. He was uh, right there in the thick of things for uh, a lion's share of that tournament. And, uh, you know, still top five finishes is, is nothing to sneeze at. So, congratulations. Yeah. And uh, the golf team has uh, some youngsters. Uh, a lot of freshmen did well in the tournament and everything. So, it uh, looks like, you know, they've got something to build on for the next few years all right let's uh take it back over to track and field we mentioned uh the music city challenge and abby herring uh with her record and that school record that she had uh was second in the event uh which that blew my mind too yeah um but uh you know that somebody would would be faster and if i'm not mistaken it was seven seconds faster Whoa. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, that's a, that's what was so insane to me. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, hers was four minutes, 27.54 seconds. And 
Lipscomb had Marabu Nagwandala at 4.23.31. So it was four seconds. Um, but still, I mean, even being beaten by four seconds, she lowered it three full seconds off her school record. Um, we also had, it was the next day. Um, let's see here, had to switch back. Micah Elaine, I think yep, it is. It's, it's uh, Elaine. I'm the one that butchered that last week. And then I went back. Yeah, hey, uh, come and, to find out, Russ, did you know I am, in fact, an idiot? They do have <laughs> the athletes saying their names on the HerdZoom website. Well, I do know you're an idiot. And I do know that they have them <laughs> on there because I'm the one that pointed it out. That I went and looked and they did have it on there. Um, but anyway, Micah won the uh, 400, meter, 400 meter hurdles. And that was good for the second fastest time in school history. So um, overall, those were the two that either won or set a record or, or whatever uh, during the showing. Um, but very impressive for those two. And yeah, like couple, you said, a, conference, a couple, conference USA tournament or meet is coming up. Yeah, a couple of other top six finishes for the herd, but uh, – not as impressive of a showing overall from a team standpoint as the James Madison Invitational yeah. or the uh, University of South Carolina run from the week before. But, uh, yeah, the second fastest time ever for uh, Miss Elaine of 58.59 seconds, second only to one, Ashanti Warner, who set mm -hmm. the all-time school record just a few weeks ago at that aforementioned James Madison Invitational. Like I said, this goes back to prove the point that these gals are hitting – some good times at the right time. And we'll see if that translates over into Conference USA Championships here coming up. Uh, May 12th through the 15th, and that'll be going down in San Antonio. So, you know, you got a little bit of uh, – I mean, it's the first right now as we record. So, you got roughly two weeks to, you know, train and, and, and get those bodies to where they want them in order to hopefully peak at the right time. But, uh, you know, shout out to Miss Micah Lane, the junior from Beckley, doing her thing um excellent job with the 400 meter hurdles all right uh shifting on over to the diamond charlotte uh unfortunately took uh took marshall for all three games uh on the baseball field yeah the second one was uh 25 to 4 yeah it was yeah uh, it got out of hand yeah uh <laughs> that one got the, rough uh, the third game that was just earlier today, it was uh, 14 12. Um, much better uh, showing there by, by Marshall. Um, but still losing, losing all three games after the big sweep at yep. Western Kentucky uh, was a, just a, a punch. You know, uh, looked like they were finally putting it all together, going in toward like we're talking, it's around tournament time. And then just to lose all three that, you know, just threw them further down in the standings and all that. Um, we're, we're not beating them up. We're just saying it, you know, it's disappointing for them as, as all. Well, of course. Yeah. They don't like losing just as much as no we don't one like does. talking about them losing, but yeah, you're right. I like, like the gut punch is basically a really good way to put that, you know, on a nice, on a nice high after the, uh, the weekend set against, Western Kentucky coming off the big road sweep and come home, think you got a little bit of momentum. And then Charlotte comes to town and, 
you know, the first one wasn't that bad. The second one was just the freaking wheels came off of the machine. Yeah. Um, you know, eight home runs, I believe Charlotte had in that game. One dude had two freaking grand slams. Good yeah. Lord. Uh, so, you know, when it, when it went wrong, it just went way wrong. And I, you know, it is what it is. Um, but they come back to today and they play one kind of tooth and nail. I mean, Marshall mm -hmm. even had the lead. They came back and took the lead late in that game, but, you know, lost it there kind of in the end. So there's still life in this team. They're not at least, you know, after, I mean, damn, after a 25 to four beat down, it would be hard to just show back up yeah. and, 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 you know, put the cleats on and do it. And these guys, you know, almost ended up getting a game in the series, closing out with a win. It just, it just they just couldn't finish you know, and, and hold on to that lead. So drops them to 19, 24 and one overall next game is a midweeker against Virginia tech up at the Kennedy center at 3 PM. And then uh, next weekend, uh, three games set in San Antonio against UTSA. So maybe the boys can uh, go on a nice little four game winning streak and they'll be right there at uh, 23, uh, 24 and one by the time we're recording a podcast next week, that sure would be pretty nice. Sure would. All right, to wrap us up going around the herd, you know, KD, this was all unofficial, but this was basically softball week here at, at the Thundercast pod. <laughs> it kind of was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing really planned. Things just kind of worked out that way. But uh, so softball, they started off, the Radford game was uh, was canceled. Canceled, and, yeah. Uh, which we'll talk about here briefly in a second, but they're – midweek game or early week game of if you're listening on monday it'll be tuesday's game that has already been canceled um but they uh they hosted utep at the dot over the weekend it was going to be a friday saturday sunday weather looked horrible so before the saturday game they pushed it back just a little bit and then they were going to try to play a double header uh that didn't happen so they ended up playing today yeah. uh but let's talk about it friday they win one to nothing sid nestor just you know mowing utep down uh in a in a game where utep kept this vaunted offense of marshall to where they kept him in check man they scored one one run but yeah. you know when sydney nestor is blanking them on the on the uh mound you know i mean do they call it a mound is it a circle <laughs> you know i know it's not <laughs> it's elevated but i don't yeah. want to say the wrong thing but uh but anyway she was pitching and she just was mowing them down yeah. uh one of uh maybe the 13th shutout i think or something like that crazy um so they won one to nothing the next day i'm going to the game i took the family uh, we got over there uh, when it should have been around first pitch or whatever, and that got delayed again with with some weather. And it ended up um, first pitch wasn't until 4.30 after originally going to be a 1 o'clock game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they dropped a, a heartbreaker, man, because uh, Allie Harrell tied it up with a, a two-run shot after – three runs scored in the top of the first it seemed like the delay i you know just threw everybody off a little bit a uh, little bit of errors and everything allowed uh utep to get up three nothing Allie harrell tied it up with a two-run shot later in the game she hit one again even further like uh 
just curve foul, uh, pulling it down the, the line. Actually went over the first row of cars out there in the outfield. And uh, there were some errors in the, uh, in the top of the seventh, and they lost four to three. It was a heartbreaker. Uh, first game that I got to go to this year. Um, and let me just tell you, man, you know, we've been telling people to go. I took the family. My kids are all real young. They had a blast because of the music that they were playing, uh, the energy that the, the not just the crowd, but the players themselves dancing during the, the inning on the field, the cheers while they're up to bat, uh, in between innings, all the stuff they were doing. This is something that the entire family would love to go to. Um, the coaching staff and the players are just all world class. Um, it, it was fun, man. But let's talk about today. <laughs> right out of the gate, man. Uh, six runs in the bottom of the first. Back-to-back homers. Uh, Allie Harrell hit one. And, or no, I'm sorry. Sage Pie hit one. And then it was three-run shot. And then uh, right after that, Autumn Owen crushed one, two. So four nothing. They put a couple more on the board. Six zero in the second inning, another six runs, man. I mean, four or four homers, five homers. I think it's five homers today. And the game ends, you know, in a mercy 13 to two wrapped up a really good weekend. Uh, we just hated to see that, uh, that second game drop because that really would have put them in the driver's seat. But right now they're tied for first place in the conference. And it's three-way tie with WKU and FAU. They hold the tiebreaker over FAU. WKU holds the tiebreaker over the herd. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, after the Friday game that we tweeted that, Hey, the streak is still alive. The herd's undefeated at home. You know, you're all hyped up to take the family. We're going to go, we're going to go. And then the rain and all the crap and the delay and the blah, blah, blah. And then they end up dropping the heartbreaker one to nothing. And, uh, four, you know, three, four, three. That's what I mean. I meant by one. I'm sorry. By one. I, I was thinking of, I don't know what the heck. Oh, I was thinking of the game before, but anyway, yeah. you lose it. You, you drop by one run and the, the, you know, the street gets snapped and then he come back right out the day. Like I'm, I'm assuming super pissed off that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that the, the streak was busted and they well, uh i think not only that but this was going to be you know all those seniors this was yeah. going to be their last game ever uh regular season regular season dot. game yeah. yeah yeah but uh no mercy today i mean it was well they they showed no mercy it was a mercy rule but uh yeah. man i mean what a what a butt whooping Team in five innings, five home runs in the game, ties a single-game record for the Hurt softball program. I mean, the sticks were out in a big, big way. And it it was almost worse than that. I mean, you know, uh, Maya Stevenson hit one with uh, the bases loaded that uh, it was like a diving catch by the center fielder or whatever that if that would have dropped in just a couple of inches one way or the other, you're talking about at least three runs coming in there. Um, it it was a it was a butt whooping, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It, I mean, a great way to close out the season. Um, everybody was in that was in attendance probably you know was treated obviously to a really really dominating showing, and uh, you know they you already mentioned that the midweek is is canceled already. 
So the next series will be at North Texas, which will be the final regular season series before the Conference USA Tournament, of which Marshall has already secured a spot in the tournament. You mentioned they're tied in a three-way tie for the first place uh, in the standings. But, uh, yeah, it's in that order. Western is the, you know, I don't want to say, you know, outright leader, but they're the – they're the tie. They own all the tiebreakers, and then it's the yeah. herd, and then, and then it's FAU. So this this season, this series coming up against North Texas has a lot of potential implications. Marshall can go in and get a road sweep. They might be sitting fairly pretty for a conference seeding because none of that has been determined. None of the conference tournament seeding has been determined. So yeah, um, good job, great job. Um, you know, softball team pushes their record to 32 and 14 overall, um, 14 and 17 or 14 and seven in conference. You go get a road sweep here. You're looking at a 35 and 14 team of the conference USA tournament to play. I mean, I don't think you're going to have to play five games, you know, if, if you just run through it. Um, but if you, you know, if you drop one and have to work your way back into a championship game, you could be pushing 40, 40 wins, you know, by the time it's over, I don't think they'll reach that uh, that that uh, watermark. But still, I mean, even if you get 35, 36 wins, you're talking about a potential on the season. Uh, Conference USA Championship is still out there for grabs. I mean, man, um, if you haven't been following along, you, there's no time like right now to start following along. You know, yeah, watch they, the games can... on ESPN. And it's a, it's a great watch, even if you're not able, you know, I don't feel like anybody's going to fly or drive to denton but uh <laughs> yeah, you know no that's, that's not you know extremely uh related to the team but uh watch them on on uh on espn man it's a, a real fun real fun team yeah and you mentioned that this was uh kind of turned out to be softball week earlier in the week um you know this is kind of so some of what we're talking about i i kind of is um you know already happened we're talking about the utep series in a wrap-up and earlier this week before all that happened we had the opportunity to sit down and uh, spend a little bit of a time with uh assistant coach Corey lyon and we talked about a little bit of everything and that dude's a dude man he was cool um, oh yeah he was super cool i felt like you know just minutes into that conversation i felt like i'd known him for a long time i felt like oh, yeah. i was just hanging you know, shooting the breeze with one of my buddies and, uh, he was, he was a cool dude. So, um, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna play the, um, the, the full interview here, uh, at, at, right after this and then, um, you know, let you guys listen to it, but Russ continuing, I guess, softball week or, or the spillover from softball week, which everybody kind of know what's, what's, what's popping off later on. All right, so assistant coach Corey Lyon right here, eminently, you're going to hear the interview we had with him. He just happens to be married to the head coach, Megan Smith Lyon, and tomorrow we are going to be interviewing her. Uh, and then I, I think, you know, we'll probably drop that as kind of like a special episode, maybe midweek or something, you know. Yeah, we're still I would to say be determined, so. But, uh, we're uh we're really pumped to be able to talk to to these you know both of them um but uh great interview with Corey, and uh that's coming up right now yeah 
We're joined with uh, assistant softball coach Corey Lyon, which has a dubious honor of being our first guest on the Thundercast, um, something we hope to do for our listening base, the fan base as a whole. We want to continually try to bring you closer to our athletic programs as we transition into the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, Corey, is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're about to wrap up your fourth season with the Herd, is that right? Yeah, uh, this is season number four. It's crazy. It's gone by so fast. Yeah, it's yeah. gone by so fast. Um, you got on our radar because of the video that was posted the other day with the weekend series out, down in Bowling Green, Kentucky, with Western Kentucky, which proved to be a big, big series. Um, but that the pregame, I don't know what you call it. It was the pregame ritual. That's what I call it. Uh, going around, each player's got their signature. Uh, what do you call that? Is that the intro? It's a handshake. Warm up? We, yeah. yeah, we do. Uh, you know, we, it, it, it's something that kind of started, it actually kind of started a little bit at uh, the school I was at, my previous school, where I was the head coach. And, and um, you know, it, it started kind of innocently enough with a couple, I was working with some infielders and three or four infielders, we decided to come up with a handshake and, and then others wanted it and then others wanted it and pretty soon I had one with the whole team. And then so when we came here, um, you know, one of the things that we are big on is just, uh, you know, being able to build relationships and bonds and, and you know, with our players and, you know, coach, coach Smith, um, or coach Lyon, coach Smith Lyon, um, you know, she is, uh, really big on being invested in, in our players, you know, not just as softball players, but as people. So getting to know them and getting to know, uh, you know, kind of, who they are outside the lines. Right. And uh, so when we got here, it was something that we thought, Hey, you know, this would be a good idea. I'm, I'm going to do this uh, just so that we can, you know, just try to kind of build those, build those relationships and kind of open that, that line. Right. And then somehow, and I don't even really know how it happened. We just decided before the first game while coach was going up to the, um, to home plate to meet with the umpires, I was like, all right, let's go. And so we went around the circle and did the handshakes with everybody. And, and now it is, it is just, we do it before every game. And it's kind of, it's fun because it's kind of taken on a, a life of its own. Um, and it seems like, you know, every, every year, every couple of times, like we end up expanding on certain things, you know, and, you know, now we're, we're doing the deal where we kick the door in and, yeah. and uh, you know, so, which, you know, that it didn't start out like that, but um. So it's just something that we like to do because it's fun. Um, you know, I, I think that the, you know, the mental stress that, that athletes are put under these days as far as the social media presence and everything else that, that, that is out there that, you know, when I was way back in the day, when I was an athlete, we didn't have to worry about, you know, all we had to do was pretty much show up and play. And now there's so many other things out there. Um, so if we can do something to give them a little, you know, so that they can remember that they do this for fun um, and to enjoy themselves, it's, you know, it's kind of what it's all about. I think that is one of those things personally from the outside looking in, it's, it's one of those moments where it's a, both a stress relief right before the first pitch and one of those it's lock-in time, right? Because yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. It's like, okay, it's game on now. So it's kind of this double-edged sword. Like I get to relax and chill, but also I'm about to go to work. So I think yeah. it's a 
very awesome thing that you do. I think it's one of those things that our fans, as, as Marshall fans, they need to know about that stuff. And uh, we've said before on this show that we don't think that there's another athletic program in all at all of Marshall University that has more organic fun than the yeah. softball team. And it's been it's like, like that for family. a long time. Yeah, if you if you come to a game, you're, it's uh, I mean, we, we always talk about, you know, let's let's it's time to party. You know, let's bring the party and, and to the point where, you know, when we we have such a a good home uh, vibe, I guess, you know, with yeah. the fans and everything else in the crowd and, and how the girls um, react to everything that, you know, kind of our theme in the last couple of road trips when we went down to Florida Atlantic, you know, our theme was we're bringing the dot to Florida. And, you know, we literally had uh, our dugout sign, um, the Elsie Pruitt dugout. We had that. We, we made a, one of the players made a sign. We put that up in the dugout. Uh, one of our student managers uh john crispino who's who's an awesome dude he he brought a he's got a marshall flag we put the marshall flag up in the dugout uh and you know uh, kind of just trying to turn the turn it into our thing right trying to make it ours and yeah and uh you know i think that if you spend some time and you watch our players what you know it, it it's a i mean it's exciting and it's electric and uh you know, I can't imagine, I've said this before on the, on, on the internet, you know, um, if you wouldn't want to be a part of this and be a part of what's going on here, especially with the history and everything that Marshall has to offer. And then uh, obviously I'm biased and I think we're doing things pretty good. Um, you're crazy, right? Because uh, who, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Yeah, Absolutely. And it's, it's it's not just fun you guys win i mean 30 and 13 on the season so far hoping to add a few more in the left hand column i mean we're getting pretty close to conference usa tournament time so we're really hoping that we get edging closer to 40 i mean i know there's not that many games left on the schedule but boy that'd be great 18 and 0 at home how do you not love that absolutely absolutely we're, we're on the verge of setting all-time records this team is there's some individual um, accolades that are out there floating around. Uh, Ali Harrell moves into the top 10 all times on the hit list just this past weekend. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about when you talk about this team. Um, but here at Marshall, we always talk about our why, right? That's a big theme with Marshall athletics. And that's Absolutely. something that's something that I want to get from you, right? Because I was glancing at your bio, you mentioned your, previous uh, endeavors, head coach at Louisiana Monroe for a number of years, which is a Sunbelt team, which yeah. is obviously the conference that all herd fans are excited to move into, but it's a, you know, going back home kind of sort. You've been there, you know, the Sunbelt riggers, you know how important it is. So um, you're a proven winner. You, you're, you've been here now for four years. So I have to ask why softball, why coaching? And more importantly, why Marshall? What's your why? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when you talk about anybody that is involved with Marshall, um, the why is very easy, you know, and uh, it's one of the things that we are uh, well aware of. You know, we are playing for something here. And I think it's one of the things that makes Marshall so special is we no matter who you are or where you come from, when you come into this family, when you come into the Marshall family, you automatically have something that you are playing for that is much, much, much bigger than you. And um, I think that that is something that 
you know, we as a coaching staff and our, and our players really buy into. Um, so, you know, from a, from a perspective of what we do here at Marshall, our why is, you know, we're playing for the 75 and we're playing for the people that, that came before us, you know, and even in, in the softball program, the people that came before us that laid the foundation for us to be able to be here to do what we do today. Um, you know, me personally, I mean, my story is not much different than, than, I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball, um, and, uh, essentially I came to a kind of a crossroads, uh, where I had daughters and had the opportunity to, um, coach softball and, you know, being a baseball player, kind of a lifelong baseball guy, uh, the, the transition to softball while it's, you know, there's a lot of things that are similar, but there's a lot of things that are different. The transition to softball came easy to me. And, um, you know, I felt like it was something that I, I could really have a lot of success at and uh, was fortunate enough to kind of make my way up and uh, be able to be a head coach at a division one school in Monroe in the Sun Belt, which is a really good conference. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, as that was going on, um, you know, life happened for me and I was lucky enough, uh, you know, I was a single parent um, and uh, kind of doing my thing. And uh, my, my now wife, the head coach here was uh, a single parent doing her thing. And we had uh, a mutual friend kind of introduce us and, and we hit it off. And, and uh, you know, we kind of, we were both at a point in our career at the schools where that we were at and, you know, she's her career is off the chart you know the yeah. things that she has been able to do um you know from starting a program at western kentucky at the age of 23 you know to being an assistant coach in the sec and and uh leading teams you know into regionals and super regionals and then taking over at kansas where a kansas program that was pretty much dormant and you know within a handful of years taking them to a regional and I mean she's been pretty amazing as a coach and uh, you know we got to a point in our lives where with our career, our contracts where they were we were like you know what if we can do this together you know how fun would that be and yeah. uh, and about that time the job at Marshall came open and uh, you know she interviewed for it and uh you know, Mike Hamrick offered her the job and, and uh, you know, she explained that she wanted to bring me with her and, and, or, and he was, he was good with it. He thought the idea of having another head coach on staff that had had success was a great idea. Um, and so here I am. And, you know, a year later we're married and, and uh, we're enjoying life just as much as we can. And, and it's, it's pretty cool because, you know, people always ask me or ask her about, you know, do you guys ever get tired of seeing, you know, because we work together, do you get tired of that? And, you know, actually, uh, it's, it's pretty, I'm pretty lucky because I get to go to work with my best friend every day. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we enjoy doing what we do. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because we're both super competitive. We're both, we're, we're completely different um, in the way that we kind of approach things uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um but it's, we're, it's a great fit. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, she is, uh, I mean, she's just a great coach and, you know, she has made me a better coach being around, being around her. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was pretty good to start with. So, 
you know, I, I think it's, it's just, it works. It works really well. That's awesome. What you said about being able to get, be together with your best friend and everything. The only thing, and you know, I'm, I'm being facetious here, but you know, when you go home, you don't get to uh, complain as much uh, work, you know, where the, uh, she says, honey, how was your day? Be like, ah, my head coach has been, you know, just great. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't no, get any uh, it, and, and honestly, that is one of the biggest challenges is for us to be able to find time to ourselves, you know, yeah. find time to be to ourselves. And, and that's something that, that we have had to, uh, we have had to be able to learn how to manage um, to be able to set, you know, Hey, Monday's our off day. We're going on a date night, you know, cause we, uh, otherwise we go three, four weeks and it's just, we, we kind of lose ourselves in that. So yeah. that's been one of the things that's been in a, that that's probably actually been the toughest adjustment is just to be able to find time for us to be able to make time for each other away from the office. Because like I said, we both love what we do and we're both super competitive. So, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, it's not, it's not unusual for us to take our, our work home with us and, and uh, you know, be talking about different things and, and opponents and everything else as we, uh, you know, as we're driving home from the office, you know, mm -hmm. so, uh, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Cool. Russ, I, I, I don't have the luxury of, uh, of working with my wife, right? I, mean, I call it a luxury because I'm like you, she's my best friend. Um, but, uh, I can, I can imagine that, um, you do get lost in, in the rigors of the daily grind and you go down, you, when you come up for air, two or three weeks has passed and you're like, man, what, what the hell happened to the month of February? You know, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly 100%. It. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Russ has been awful quiet over there and he's bringing the goods today. So I want to get him in here. He's, he's got some, uh, some questions that we want to, uh, to get a firsthand answer from. Uh, you, right. assistant coach Corey Lyon, um, because, you know, again, we're trying to bring our fans closer, our supporters, alumni, donors closer to every program. Um, so, Russ, what do you got? All right. So the baseball field has been moved, the prospective baseball field. Now it's going to be behind the dot. On a previous episode a couple of weeks ago, KD and I were you know, talking about that, we think it's a great location, but I feel like that there's an opportunity there to build a facility between the two of them uh, for, you know, training and such that could help both programs. Um, if you had a magic wand within reason, uh, what's something that you would like to see in such a facility that could be built there that could that could help the softball team training offices uh indoor whatever let's hear it yeah. oh yeah absolutely i think it's and, and you know first of all hats off to to wags and what their staff has been able to do this year and, and, and even in previous years he's a good dude and he's always been really good to us um so i'm i'm, I'm happy for him and, and you know to see him finally this kind of starting to come to fruition um I think being behind the dot is a great place. I think it does offer the ability to, to really blend the two facilities and, and really help both programs. Um, personally, things that we would like, or I would like to see, I mean, you know, if we had some kind of indoor um, space that, that was, you know, ours um, between us and baseball that we could share, uh, you know, to be able to, to put in the work and do those kinds of things with cages and, and maybe a fielding area and that, um, you know, uh, 
the if we're lucky because we're right across the street from our weights and athletic training and all of that stuff. Uh, but to be able to have uh, a video room, um, you know, a place where we can go and and we can do video and we can do those kinds of things, that would be, I mean, that would be huge. Uh, I, I just I think there's when you start talking about being able to do that, there are a lot of I mean, it's almost I'm not going to say endless, but you know the, the 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 things that we can do to help both programs um, as we go into the Sun Belt because you know baseball and softball the Sun Belt is a different beast. Uh, you know the, it, it it is something that we are we're going to have to you know we're going to have to find a way to um, to really keep up because there are a lot of Sun Belt schools with really nice facilities. Um, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, you know, and, and I think that anything we can do, you know, to kind of help both programs uh, be able to put a foot forward it would be amazing. We've been banging that drum, really, telling, trying to get people to understand just how important softball and baseball programs are to Sunbelt teams, those southern teams, you know, the, mm -hmm. the Mississippi's, Louisiana, Carolinas, that that's. I mean, that's just as important as football to a lot of those schools. And Absolutely. they really hang their hat on it. I mean, like uh, Southern Miss is a, looking to be a top five program in baseball this year. Um, Louisiana softball team it just continues to roll through everyone, it seems like. So we're going to have to be able to find a way to uh, continue to not only support our program, but increase the level of support, which brings me to my next couple of questions. Uh, what is the easiest, fastest, simplest thing that our fans can do immediately to help elevate our softball program? Well, I think just being here, but, you know, let's get out and let's support, you know, um, I, I think that that is the biggest thing. If, if we get to a point where we have an overflow and people need places to be, people need places to sit. Well, then that's, that's the, you know, that's an easy an easy thing, right? And then we can start talking about expansion and we can start yep. talking about, you know, adding on. And I think, uh, you know, having, I mean, there's just lots of, lots of little things, um, you know, uh, and, and I mean, as simple as us having a video board in the outfield, you know, with a scoreboard and a video, board. I mean, things like that are huge to kids. Um, I mean, that's going to help recruiting. It's going to help everything. Um, you know, we'd love to see now that they've torn down our building behind left field, which, um, you know, it's, uh, it's weird now looking out there and not having something to try to hit all the time when we're <laughs> taking deep in, you know, um, you know, let's put it, let's, let's put a deck out there behind the fence and let's do, let's do some, you know, let's do some cool things yeah. that some of these other schools down South have. And, you know, I mean, you talk about the Sunbelt, three schools from the Sunbelt made the NCAA regionals last year. And then James Madison, you know, played in the College World Series. So it's a conference that is, uh, I mean, it rivals with a lot of Power Five conferences. So, you know, let's, uh, let's get creative and, um, you know, let's do some things that we can do here that maybe aren't, you know, super, uh, super big, like financial projects that, that can just make things a little bit better. And I think just having the support and the people coming out to the games and, and watching, because once you watch and once you see, you're going to get hooked. And uh, I think that that's, that's just the biggest thing is getting people to understand, man, we're pretty good and we're pretty fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. So, very 
you are and you know the dot is a very i've mentioned this before the dot is a very intimate setting like you can go there and you can hear all the yelling and screaming and and the gamesmanship on the field so you're not far removed you're not 300 yards away from the action you're right on top of it so if you would just go to a game and say you know what i'm gonna give it a shot i think you'll go back for a second and a third and a fourth and before you know it you're like damn when did i turn into a softball fan because this is awesome exactly so you see the way that these girls get after it and uh you know i mean we are I mean, it's funny because we're kind of known, I mean, the last, since we've been here for being an offensive school and hitting home runs and, and doing all of those things. But now we've added this pitcher who is a freak of nature um, and is, you know, second or third in the NCAA in strikeouts. And, and uh, I mean, it becomes, it's like, it's, it's just something that I think is amazing to be a part of. Yeah. It, it, it really, you know, I come from, I live in Florida now, but when I, right before I moved from Huntington, you know, we had uh, the softball team was doing really, really good. They won the conference and they were playing a little bit of a different type of ball. And that was a different type of excitement for me because we were stealing a lot of bases and that's in right. my wheelhouse. You know, that, I love that, that, that for me is the baseball and softball that I love, you know, uh, manufacturing type runs, but I just love to keep I love seeing people run the bases, right? And, uh, you know, we were leading the country in stolen bases and stuff like that. And now we're just – we don't have to do that. We're just – go ahead and hit them out on third ave, and, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll make the easy way around. But um, financially, we all know that that's, that's the biggest hurdle for most programs and for most schools, really. Um, so outside of joining the Big Green, which we continually tell people to join, it's so easy. Let's say I want to support the softball team directly, how can I do that outside of the big green? Well, you know, we, we're fortunate enough. We do have those that, I mean, if you want to uh, make a donation that is specifically noted for softball, you can do that. And you can do that through the big green. Um, we've had several, you know, obviously Dot Hicks is, is amazing. Um, and she continues to be, uh, I mean, the best supporter that we could ever have. Um, but we have several that are like that. And it's just, um, you know, realistically, if you want to earmark something for softball, you can earmark and donate specifically for softball. And, uh, and you know, it can still go through Big Green or you can donate it, you know, directly to us here. And then, you know, obviously we'll run it through Big Green. But I think that's that's the that's the key. Right. Is we just have to get more people that that want to uh, that want to be able to to give to see more. Yeah, we've uh, we've hy- hyped up to a lot of people uh, that are listening to us that there's a misperception of the big green where you have to have like a $10,000 gift that you're giving someone. You can join the big green for as little as $5 a month. Exactly. We have so many people that just become aware of that and say, Hey, I want to do this and support and all that. You know, we bring in 5,000 people to do that. That's a lot that trickles out to all of our athletic programs. It opens up so much money in the athletic budget to get some of the things that you were talking about earlier. Uh, I just think that that we have to do that, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, And, and I think that that's good for every single program here. Yeah, we sure. we yeah. we we know that the majority of the this is a term that I hate, but it's out there and you can't get away from it, the non-revenue sports. We know that most sure. of those athletes or, or or a good chunk of them may not necessarily be on full athletic scholarship. So to be able to free up some of that athletic department money means so, more of those athletes 
can potentially be on full scholarship. And that's the goal. Like if your entire athletic department can have all of its athletes on scholarship, that's what you want. And, and, you know, if you've got five bucks a month that you can donate to the big green, please do that. If you got 20 or 30 or a hundred, please do that. Again, Marshall doesn't want you to stretch beyond your means, but if there's, there's a sweet spot that everybody can find that they can be a part of this. And and that's what we're after. So look, softball aside, um, coaching aside, you're still a guy, you're still a dude, you still got to do dude stuff. So when it's time to, you know, recharge, reset, clear the headspace. What do you do? What's your thing? Uh, so, you know, we are all about new adventures. Um, you know, we love to go to the beach. We love to wind down. You know, we've kind of, the Outer Banks is kind of our place. Um, you know, we've already talked about like, this is where we want to go to retire. And, you know, we want to just be able to get away. We love doing things like that. Um, you know, we went to Nashville. And I had never been to Nashville for anything other than business. And we went to Nashville um, last year for my birthday, right at the end of the summer. And it, it was awesome. Uh, I'm a huge Saints fan. So um, aside from being disappointed every single year, uh, we, we did get we did take a trip to New Orleans last uh, last fall at the, you know, in uh, October or November, I guess it was. And uh, went to uh, went to a Saints game. Um, I'm also a huge Red Sox fan. So, you know, we've, we've been to uh, Boston a couple times, like we're all about adventures and, uh, we, that, that's what we like to do. We like to get away. We like to unplug, um, and, and just kind of do us because like I said earlier, that's one thing we don't necessarily get to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the getting away. I enjoy the beach. I enjoy, you know, kind of not having to really do anything. What about what about locally when you don't have uh, time to get away to some of those places? Uh, what's your favorite thing here in Huntington? Man, so many things. I, I love downtown. I mean, you know, it's it, they have done so much with that, and it's so cool down there. Um, and, and you know, there, we have three or four spots that we really like to go to, um, and, and just to just kind of hang out and unwind. And and uh, but I think the atmosphere down there. Um, with everything that's going on and I mean it's it's very very cool and I think the things that they're doing down there you know kind of make this town I mean they make it even just a little more special right Um, so that that's kind of our thing we like to go downtown and and just kind of hang out Um, uh, shout out to El Ranchito Uh, we we actually have our own booth (laughs) we have our own coaches booth in at El Ranchito (laughs) And they take care of us. They're awesome dudes. So, uh, you know, we, we, we love to go and just kind of get away, um, but enjoy the city of Huntington, right? Enjoy what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of quick hitter questions that I have to, I just have to know. Um, what is the one album that just never gets old for you? You'll listen to it from beginning to end and it never goes out of style. So I'm a, so I'm 49, turned 50 in August. So I'm a, you know, I'm a 90, 80, late eighties, nineties rap kid. Um, so I could listen to ice cube all day. Nice. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a cube fan. Uh, 
you know, I, I think that that's probably my go-to. That's the one I would, you know, the death row. I think that's the one I would go to. Cool. <laughs> I was that that to me is a is a personality thing, a mindset type deal. Like what what do you just never get tired of listening to? And you know that you're you're not that much older than we are. Than, than us and our. So <laughs> I um, certainly feel like it. That's I, in. I, a, I that's just, in. A, I just look twenty two. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're both also in our mid forties. So I'll also be turning forty. What is it? Three forty three in August as well. As will Russ. We're all August dudes here apparently. Um, Leo's nice. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, we're example. actually. I'm actually a Virgo. I'm. I'm one. I'm oh, right. I didn't know yeah. that. Anyway, no, that's, that's um, the, yeah, isn't it though? I mean, the, the, <laughs> well, you're the you're a Leo, the lion, and you're a lion. That's, that's damn. You were <laughs> born to be a Leo. Be, right? Yeah. It was um, so, in that same vein of thinking, what's there's a movie everybody has or a TV show that everybody has that if you're flipping the ch- the dial and it's on, you can't turn away. What's that for you? Uh, yeah, so I am, I mean, I have kind of this Will Ferrell alter ego thing. So kind of if it gets into, you know, Step Brothers or, you know, any of the, you know, the Will Ferrell collection, I'm stopping there. Um, you know, my wife and I like to, I mean, we're pretty much amateur detectives. So anything true crime, we're pretty, we're pretty much, you know, we're, we're on. Uh, I'm a big Danny McBride fan, so yeah. you know, he's bounding down righteous gemstones. I, you know, I'm I'm anything that is humor that is, you know, borderline crude humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, did we just I, become I, best friends? I think we all <laughs> That's did. Exactly, yeah. it, right. You know, I'm 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 down for that. So, uh, you know, I'm a big. I'll, I'll always go back to Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. You know, that's 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 on the. Pulp Fiction and Departed, you know, those. Yeah. Man, he's just rattling off the list, right? Like, check, <laughs> check, check, so, check. So being being a detective, because I like that stuff too, and uh, some of my favorite shows of all times were that uh, Psych and Monk that were on TV. I don't know if you watched those before, but there is a show that came out last year on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. And it's uh, Steve Ooh. Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. It's crazy good. So, uh definitely look I would, into, I would definitely check that out that Steve, might be my bus trip short show actually for came to Huntington they came here at the Keith Alby a couple of years ago and I got to to see oh. their two-man show and uh, I've just always been a fan and uh, it's just a really good uh, murder mystery kind of okay okay and we're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you out of here on this note because we kept you. I, I didn't mean to keep you this long. I really didn't. It's been awesome. Okay, good, good. As long as you're cool with it, we're cool with it. Uh, but I got to get you out of here on this note by, well, not get you out of here, but say this. Um, we had the question asked to us, why, why did you guys contact Corey and not Megan? And it's like, well, I got to get it out there. There's no disrespect to the head coach. The video is what did it for me. Uh, we would absolutely be honored and um, a little bit um, excited, a lot of bit excited to have uh, head coach Megan Smith-Lyon on the show anytime she feels like doing it. But uh, once I saw that video, I had to reach out. And once, you, once I knew you were down for it, that was that. But uh, completely no disrespect. Um, we know she's a winner. Uh, we, you know, if the, the folks that don't know – Check the daggone bio for, for both yeah. Megan and, and uh, Corey. The Herd's got winners here, and they're building a winning program, 30 wins and counting on the season. You can see it. Um, 
Thanks a million for being on the show, Corey. If you, we want to give you one opportunity to reach out to our fans before we get you out of here and, and, and uh, say whatever you want to the herd fan base that is listening to the Thundercast. Well, we, we just certainly appreciate all the love and support that we get, you know, every time we're here at the dot and even on the road, you know, it's, 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 it's having guys like you that put us out there, that put our stuff out there, that, that people are, are, you know, knowing who we are more and more. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool to be in an airport and somebody to yell, go herd. And, and I, I just can't thank, you know, the people of Huntington and the community, you know, the Marshall community, as far as it stretches enough for uh, the way that they've, that they've treated us and taken us and given us the support. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard for uh, a, a husband and wife type, you know, thing to happen. Um, but, uh, we absolutely love it. We love being here. Um, you know, this is our home and, uh, we're just excited and, and looking forward to continuing to do great things and, and trying to take this program to the next level. And, and I think that it's awesome at the, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, even asked me to be on, I think that's awesome. I haven't, you know, I've kind of, haven't had that the last few years since I kind of, step back into anonymity. So, uh, I, I totally appreciate it. And, uh, but we, you know, keep coming, keep coming to watch us, keep coming out. Um, I promise you won't be disappointed. Uh, these girls are winners. They work hard and they are excellent humans. Um, and I think you watch them on any given day, you see that. So, um, I just want to say thank you and, you know, we love it and go herd. Go there herd. it is. Go herd. Russ, uh, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, just tell the uh, the team, Corey, uh, keep up that energy. Uh, they have a special thing about them. You can tell uh, they 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 celebrate. They're they're always lifting each other up. They're engaged uh, heavily on social media. You can tell with the pregame handshake ritual. You know they just want to have fun but they're also damn good at softball. So uh, uh, much props uh, from Thundercast uh, to the team. And uh, we're here to support any way we can. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank we you. Certainly are. I really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck for the remainder of the season. Here's to hopefully bringing home that conference USA championship. Uh, thank you very, very much Corey line for being our very first guest on the Thundercast and yeah, feel free to run it by the wife. Head coach we'll Megan, we'll get her on there anytime you guys get the time. But until then, till uh, till the season runs dry or the cup comes home, go herd. We're out of Let's here. Let's do it. Let's do this again sometime, boys. Absolutely. Open <laughs> invite. You don't need to be yeah. asked anytime. All right. All right. Russ, you got any parting words this week before we get the heck out of here? Yeah. Big shout out. We've got um, over four hundred uh, followers on uh, on the Twitterverse. Over on Facebook, uh, it's in the mid to upper 80s. There's a little bit of overlap. Uh, you know, we're a lot more uh, interactive and posting on uh, on Twitter uh, than we are on Facebook. Uh, but still combined, we're pushing 500 followers out there. Listenership is well up. We just want to welcome all of you. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for the interactions. All the love that you guys have had. Uh, it's been great so far, and all I can say is you haven't seen anything yet. We've got a lot planned. Yeah, I, I was uh, curious of when we would cross that uh, 400 follower threshold uh, on Twitter. You know, that's that's 
what I really kind of zero in on, I like the, tw- the, the Twitter social media world. Um, it's, it's my favorite, of course, it's, it's just so fun. And, and if you're, you know, any kind of, um, person that likes to have a good time talking herd athletics or enjoys a good meme, then, you know, you're right in my wheelhouse. I, I love that. So we appreciate everybody following along. We, we, we really do. I really appreciate everybody that has found the podcast. And even if you've just devoted a couple of minutes, uh, you know, to listen to one segment, we appreciate that because that means hopefully you'll come back and listen to another segment and then maybe a full episode and then maybe you'll subscribe um, we understand that, um, you know, everybody is going to consume what they want to consume in the amount they want to consume it. But we're thankful for every set of ears that's listening. We're thankful for every tweet that is uh, sent our way. Um, all that good stuff. The NFL draft I got to talk about again was really cool to watch. It's always great when you see that such and such and such Marshall University go across the bottom of the screen. And this time, this year, it was Nazi Johnson's. Congratulations to him. Uh, congratulations to his entire family. You know, a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice goes into uh, this, this sports thing that uh, is so many of us and so many of our children get into. Uh, it's a lot of, lot of work on everybody's part, and to see a little bit of a payoff is uh, kind of what it's all about. So congratulations to Nazi. Congratulations to the – to the whole family, congratulations to the Millette family, the Ulmer family, the McCoy family, everybody that's getting an opportunity. I hope it all goes your way and, and you get uh, you know, you get to see your 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 dreams come to fruition. Um, get excited about the softball team. You know, one more, one more series to close out the regular season. And then we're gonna start talking about so- softball conference USA tournament time. We've got the track and field championships coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, baseball still got quite a bit, you know, through the month of May before the regular season comes to an end. And then we'll start, uh, we'll start to see how that shapes out. But, um, man, we just, uh, we just appreciate you guys listening. One more thank you. One more shout out to three or car for continuing to support the Thundercast and help us bring you this content each and every single week. And Russ is right. We're going to, we're going to have an opportunity to sit down and chill with, uh, Softball head coach Megan Smith-Lyon coming up tomorrow as we record tonight, Sunday night. And, yeah, that'll probably probably be a standalone episode, uh, midweek type thing. We'll try to maybe get that out before the North Texas series starts um, so that, uh, you know, they can have something cool to listen to on the plane ride. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, um, Russ, take us out of here. Uh, just again, thanks to everybody and – you know, if we see you at the dot, we see you at the Joan, we see you around town, no matter where we see you, just always remember, go herd. Go herd. Follow us on Twitter. We're out of here. 